Welcome to Teach Musically, the music studio teacher's resource for business and pedagogy solutions. My name is Michelle. And I'm Leanne. Today's discussion is all about criticism and the way in which we deliver it to our students. It is an essential part of teaching because it is only through critique that our students can improve. Critiquing our students is a fine balance of honesty, kindness, and effective wording. When done correctly, we can yield results from our students while also building confidence and problem-solving skills. On the other hand, critiques that are delivered too harshly can cause frustration, stress, and strain the relationship between the student and the teacher. Even worse, it can cause resentment towards music learning. Today, we'll discuss our go-to techniques for critiquing students, as well as how we adjust our critiquing style for different personality types. We'll also reflect upon our own learning journey, the types of critique we received, and how they helped or hindered us. Let's start with some of our general principles we follow when we critique any student. Firstly, I avoid using any negative language like no or that's wrong. These words can come across as harsh and might make a student feel upset. The way we phrase our critique is so important. Instead of using words like no or wrong, I say something like oops or try again. It gets the exact same point across but in a much more gentle way. Another thing I try to avoid is interrupting a student's performance to make corrections. When they come into their lesson and play through their piece for the first time, I allow them to play all the way through without giving any comments. I want them to have a chance to play through the piece in its entirety with focus and continuity so their musical ideas can come through. Once they've played through once, then I work on it section by section and discuss the areas to improve. Once you've heard the first uninterrupted run-through, you should think carefully about what to say first. Try to think of something positive you can say about their playing before you jump into the critique. Comment on what they improved from the last class or a particular section you enjoyed. I think this type of approach is valuable at all levels. I remember even in university, my professor would jump into the areas of improvement right away. It always made me feel as though my work throughout the week had gone unnoticed. If that's how I felt in university, then I can imagine younger children must be even more sensitive. Once you are ready to give a critique, approach it in a way of exploration as opposed to a to-do list. One way to do that is to give your student control of the critique by asking questions. Something like, what is something you liked about your performance? What is something you could do that could make it sound even better? Is there any part you would like to improve or need help improving? These are all great questions that can open up a discussion and create a collaborative approach between the teacher and the student. Asking questions is also a great way for students to learn about listening more actively to their playing and problem solving. Ultimately, the goal is for our students to no longer need us in order to learn and master new music. We are giving them the skills to teach and critique themselves. Another phrase I like to use a lot is, let's explore blank. With this phrasing, the critique doesn't come across as a demand, but rather as an opportunity to discover something new. For example, if a student has ignored the articulation in a certain passage, I may say something like, let's explore an even shorter staccato sound here. After they play, I may follow up with, how did you like that sound? Do you think it enhances the music? I really like that approach because then the student is making the changes because it enhances the music and not because the teacher said so. Again, it also encourages their active listening. I also like to use phrases like more effective and less effective. For example, I may say, if you did blank, it would be more effective in getting blank. Or, slowing down here isn't as effective as doing a crescendo. Again, this makes the process goal-oriented and does not label any one interpretation as inherently right or wrong. 
This method of critiquing is tricky because it takes a lot of focus and thought on the part of the student. Though it may be slower than simply telling a student exactly what to do, though it may be slower than simply telling the student exactly what to do, it is ultimately a more holistic approach because it will create a more thoughtful, engaged, and well-rounded musician. Giving critique is not a one-size-fits-all approach. We must adjust our approach based on our students' personalities. While many students are able to easily accept critique, there are others that often find it a little more challenging. Some students can become very defensive or even deny that they ever made a mistake. I'm sure we've all experienced this type of student. You alert them to a wrong note or a rhythm that needs improvement. They may say something like, "I didn't make a mistake," or "You heard it wrong." This can be really irritating for the teacher because it feels as though the student is questioning your knowledge and expertise. In these situations, I think it's important. Do not take the student's response personally. Consider their feelings and how it may be influencing their reaction. A student who denies making a mistake might actually just be feeling embarrassed or ashamed about doing so. He or she may also be a bit of a perfectionist, so being corrected could upset them. In instances like this, I do not engage in any type of argument with the student. I don't think it's productive or helpful. When this student denies making a mistake, I'll say something like, "Oh, maybe I heard it wrong. Can you play it again for me?" Oftentimes, they'll actually correct the error. This is a quick fix, but of course, we want our students to know that making a mistake is actually okay. Exactly. With this type of student, I aim to let them know that mistakes are welcome, and it should not cause any type of shame or embarrassment. It can also be helpful to record a student and have them listen back. That way, the criticism isn't coming from you, and they can hear it for themselves. What can be improved? We have also probably experienced a highly sensitive student who gets extremely hurt and discouraged by critique. Sometimes these students are perfectionists and have a difficult time completing a task or trying something new if there's any risk of making a mistake. In these situations, it's important that we create an environment where mistakes are welcome and a normal part of the lesson. You can do this by modeling the mistake yourself. For example, you can play a duet with your student or demonstrate a piece and make errors on purpose. Once you make the error, you can acknowledge it casually and say, "Whoops, I made a mistake. Let's start again." This way, they see that even you, the teacher and mentor, is capable of errors, and you are modeling how to calmly deal with them. With this type of student, you can also focus on praising efforts as opposed to results. Even if there was a mistake, find something positive to say about their effort or their attempt. Work on shifting their mindset to a growth mindset. Finally, there will always be a student in your life who just does not seem to process critique. You can make the same suggestions and corrections over and over, but it just doesn't stick. There could be a lot of reasons that for, there could be a lot of reasons for why this is happening: a lack of focus, or a student that is stressed, fatigued, or distracted. Is it an isolated or a recurring issue? For some students, this issue is recurring, and it's a result of simply being overscheduled. Their minds simply cannot focus because they have too much going on. Unfortunately, this is becoming more and more common with kids that are enrolled in a lot of activities. In these cases, it can be really difficult to overcome. For others, we can help by engaging the student more in the correction process. Often, we will put markings in the score for a reminder. Have the student mark the correction in their own score in a way that makes sense to them. Sometimes, the student may not understand our markings. If they do it themselves, they are using more of their senses, and the information is more likely to stick. Other times, I like to ask my students, "How can I help you remember this?" 
Sometimes this question opens a discussion that helps reveal a missing piece of knowledge on the part of the student. If they are playing a rhythm incorrectly, for example, they might reveal to you that there's a type of note value that they don't remember or they need help reviewing. Let your student help you help them. You can also make time and space for the student to be able to reflect. Guide them through a reflection process where they have to verbally articulate what their next attempt at playing will involve. That's a great idea, and it really reveals to you whether or not they were actually listening and understanding the instructions. Sometimes students will go into an autopilot mode and mindlessly repeat the passage, not thinking about what needs to be improved. I think much of what we learned about critiquing students is a result of our own experiences. Let's go back and reflect on the different ways our teacher critiqued us, what was helpful and what was hurtful. I'll start off with one of my childhood teachers. I believe this teacher was knowledgeable and the content of her critiques were true and helpful. However, as a child, I remember zoning out a lot in these lessons. Often she would repeat the same information in the same way. And as a child, after a while, I kind of stopped hearing it. In reflection, she did know how to help me, but I think the delivery of her critique was just not sticking. I think if she had used maybe a more engaging or conversational approach, it may have been more effective for me. One teacher I had as a child would point out my errors and tell me what to improve. What I found was missing was the steps of how to get the improvement. I think it would have been helpful if they modeled that for me in the lesson so I had a better understanding of the process. That's a very good point. We need to make sure we're actually explaining to our students how to achieve the results we're asking for. This is why practicing alongside a student in the lesson is so important. It models the necessary steps to achieve the results we want. I also have experienced a teacher that was extremely demeaning and embarrassing. This teacher's critique caused a lot of stress and ultimately were unhelpful. I experienced a teacher like that as well. They gave harsh critique, often without giving me steps to improve. I found that the stress it caused really resulting in me playing more poorly because I couldn't focus. It also resulted in a lot of extra tension in my arms and back. I can't remember specifically what this teacher said to me, but it makes me think of the quote, people will not remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. That's definitely true in this case. This poor experience really shaped me as a teacher because now I know that being mean and harsh is not necessary and not helpful. I would never want to make one of my students feel the way that she made me feel. Being demeaning, rude, and causing your students to feel ashamed definitely has no place in music lessons. Did you have any teachers at the university level who critiqued you and that you found much better? Yes, and it put into perspective to me just how awful the first teacher was. This other teacher was so kind and led through exploration. She pushed me farther than any other teacher had, but with so much kindness. It made me realize that it is possible to be kind and also get amazing results from your students. Approaching critique in the right way is also Approaching critique in the right way is so important to not only yield results from our students, but also help create an overall positive experience in music lessons. While most students will not pursue music at a high level, we can still create we can still create trust, respect, and inspire through kindness, patience, and exploration. We hope you found this podcast helpful. Are there any go-to critiquing strategies that you love to use? Let us know in the comments. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe for more great podcasts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and online at teachmusically.com. Until next time, happy teaching!